Good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney. We have a full show for you today, getting your Monday morning started off the right way. Just a quick reminder, you can follow us on Twitter, at the Fumbling Punter. Let's start off with the uh, most important thing of the weekend. St. Mary's rallied late Sunday night or late Saturday night rather to pull us to 3 and 3 against the spread or pull David Ekman Easy E to 3 and 3 against the spread for the weekend. So he was able to hold out go 500 push your money. So uh, nobody won but nobody lost hopefully. He's now 12 and 6 overall. That's a 670 winning percentage. So he's he's keeping it above 500 for everyone, making sure nobody's losing out big in the early goings here on Fumbling Punter. I'm going to start off with what made me laugh this weekend. So people on Twitter this weekend were using the phrase hashtag rise up. When they thought they were making a political stance, what they were actually doing was getting the Atlanta Falcons Twitter emoji because they're saying has been rise up so people were politically protesting hashtag rise up and they were getting the atlanta falcon logo along with it so that that made for some good comedy on twitter over the weekend and then a new couple new segments for you guys i'm going to start with what i like this weekend one thing i liked this weekend was the sec went five and five against the big 12 in the sec big 12 challenge Kentucky did lose to Kansas, but going 5-5 five and five without ranked South Carolina is a pretty good point for the SEC basketball programs. SEC basketball has been down pretty bad recently, so the fact they were able to go 5-5, five and five, Florida got a huge win, and that really looks good for the conference, will help them out in the future, I believe. I, if you didn't see this, you need to look it up on the internet. Former Blues and Hall of Famer Chris Pronger in the NHL All-Star Celebrity Game took Justin Bieber into the boards and pushed his face up against the boards and was smiling at the camera while people took pictures. It was maybe the most fun thing the NHL has done all season. It, uh, It was just a good image for everybody who's not a Justin Bieber fan. And I'm a a big Chris Pronger guy. He he also looks like a monster hitting Justin Bieber. It looks like this enormous man is pushing a child's face into the glass. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, Made for good watching. Made the internet go crazy. And then one last thing I liked. uh, The three-on-three NHL All-Star game with a five-day break to follow. Three-on-three hockey is really taxing on those guys, and that is how the NHL has set up their all-star game. So with these guys playing three-on-three, I think they need and deserve a five-day break before they get the last half of the season rolling. So that's good for them, good for the NHL Players Association, getting that worked into their CBA. It makes for a fun experience for fans, but if you're – fortunate enough to have a lot of your players in the all-star game you don't want them banged up all season give them some time to let those bodies heal on the show today we're going to have lucas jones on here a good friend of mine to talk some football and some baseball we're going to talk news in the nfl news coming up in major league baseball and then we're also going to touch on the pro bowl and then 
Later on in the show, I'm going to get on something that was big for us this weekend on the Jets to St. Louis. So stick around. We have a great show coming up. Hope you guys will enjoy it. Joining us now via the iPhone is Lucas Jones. He's going to be in here to talk a little bit of baseball and football with us. Uh, so first thing I'm going to talk about is some news that happened in baseball this week. Uh, former Kansas City Royals closer Greg Holland signed a one-year deal with the Rockies. Lucas, do you like it, love it, or don't think it's going to have any impact? I think it's a good move for the Rockies. They're uh, clearly trying to have a power arm bullpen. Uh, they still have Jake McGee. Um, they signed another to Lefty. I can't, his name sells me right now, but uh, they've made several moves in their bullpen, um, and their offense is pretty good, so they're clearly hoping their young pitching turns out, but they're going to try to do, uh, they're going to try to emulate Kansas City's uh, bullpen that they they had when they won the World Series. Yeah, they had a pretty good uh, 7 8 9 when they had Herrera, Davis, and Holland. Uh, Holland's on a one year deal, so if he. Uh, if he has a good year, you expect to see him get paid. Probably not like Chapman, but uh, you know he's going to want a multi-year deal if he has a good year here in Colorado. And uh, speaking of a former Colorado Rocky headed to Kansas City, Brandon Moss signed was it a two-year deal, I believe, with the Kansas City Royals. I think so. I can't remember right now, but uh, he's he had a lot of power, power in St. Louis last year. Yeah, his power is going to – it'll make up for Kendris Morales leaving. Yeah. I don't see why Brandon Moss can't hit 2025 home runs. Uh, obviously, they made that trade for Jorge Soler, so they're trying to add some power to that lineup to make up for Morales leaving. And uh, they're saving a few dollars along the way doing it like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh Morales leaving, they definitely needed somebody to fill in that DH spot. They needed some power because I think they're, we all know they're a little bit of a power hun- or a powerless team right now. Now yeah, the, the DH spot clearly should go to Brandon Moss. Um, yeah, you're not going to. The Chicago Cubs, I can say Hilaire is not the greatest outfielder in the world, but uh, Gordon and Kane, as long as they hold on to him, will help make up for some of Solaire's deficiencies in right field. Yeah, I'm sure they're not going to have a problem holding on to Alex Gordon with all the money they've paid him. No, that that was a... <laughs> I don't think that was a very good deal. Yeah, so you would play Solaire in right and then have Moss DH, because you're clearly leaving Hosmer at first base, right? Oh, yeah. Unless the Royals fall out of contention early and they trade Hosmer and Moss can sit right in at first base. I think he played some in St. Louis last year a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing is with the Royals is they have so many of their younger guys that's matured and going to be free agents. If they fall out of contention, Hosmer will bring back the largest uh, return out of all their free agent guys. I, he's probably the least likely to re-sign, to be honest. Yeah, you don't think that they're going to dig back in their uh, piggy bank, the uh, Walmart David Glass piggy bank, to uh, keep Hosmer around? I figured Kane would be the most likely one to go. He's not going to have as well, good I of think, a return, but uh, I figured that Hosmer is kind of like their George Brett, the guy they want to keep around long term. Yeah, and, and they may do that. I think ultimately they 
they could pony up for Hosmer. I think they'll re-sign Moustakis. Escobar will be re-signed. He's the one that I think is most likely to be re-signed. So I think it's either Kane or Hosmer that's going to be the uh, the guy left out because I don't think they're going to be able to pay for all four. Yeah, it's going to be a telling year in Kansas City. Moving on here, uh, documents were released to Major League Baseball for the Cardinals hack- hacking scandal, and the punishment could come down as early as this week. That was from the Houston Chronicle. All right, so I saw I hadn't, I didn't realize this that Chris Correa is serving 46 months in a federal prison right now on hacking charges. What's the worst case scenario for the Cardinals? Do you think? And don't say postseason ban. <laughs> worst-case scenario, not only would it have ripple effects throughout baseball, uh, the Cardinal Nation would absolutely implode. It's not going to happen. They don't do that in professional sports. Uh, so I likely draft pick, multiple, multiple draft picks. Yeah, I think I... Fine. I $2 million, that's a drop in the bucket for baseball now, so... Oh, yeah. It's got to be draft picks and international money um, for free agents. That's going to be restricted, but even with that new CBA, you don't always have as much money now. So I'm not I'm not sure what it's going to be. I'm interested in finding out, though. Yeah, because there's really nothing to look back on as far as a precedence that was set for, uh, you know, I, there's been nothing, no it's hacking scandal or anything. And it wasn't hacking, but the closest thing was the Padres and A.J. Feller of not disclosing uh, all the medicals from that uh, the player they sent to Marlins, uh, where they was keeping two different medical filing systems. That's right. And all that brought was a fine and a month's suspension for Preller. Obviously, Correa is not working for the Cardinals anymore. So he was fired and is in federal prison right now. Yeah. Uh, I think baseball's going to... Baseball... Uh, I don't know. The documents they released is pretty. Uh, makes you really wonder if Correa was the only one that knew what was going on. So I think it's real contingent. If baseball thinks other people knew, the penalty will obviously be harsher. Oh yeah, yeah. I I agree. Uh, I wrote down worst case is uh, draft picks and draft money because the way that Major League Baseball does their uh, draft now, you get a uh, allotted pool of money to sign all your players and same for the international draft and uh, so I could see them Major League Baseball going after both of those but I don't really see it going any further than that I don't think a postseason ban is going to happen This, folks this no, is a Cubs fan dreaming right here <laughs> it's not going to happen but uh, it just feels like a few draft picks and a fine is kind of a light a light sentence. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rob Manfred gets a little creative. Yeah, and he up with something. He could. We'll definitely have a reaction show on this later in the week if it does come out this week. We'll uh, talk what we think about the punishment, and I'm sure I will say it is too harsh, and Lucas will say it has not been harsh enough. Moving back to uh, the NFL now. Adam Schefter is reporting that the 49ers are to hire former safety John Lynch as their new general manager. There's a lot to fix with the 49ers in the Bay Area from quarterback to all those guys that have left. 
They don't have a head coach right now. Uh, the rumor mill's been floating about Kyle Shanahan for some time. I haven't seen anything official on Kyle Shanahan. Lucas, what do you think about John Lynch as a general manager? No experience coming out of the broadcast booth to be a general manager. John Lynch knows football. Hall of Fame type player. He might be in a Hall of Fame. I can't remember, but I remember watching yeah, him play. He's a Hall of Fame candidate. Yeah, he was fun to watch. And he... You don't want to doubt anybody because John Elway was Hall of Fame quarterback and he brought the Broncos to Super Bowl. Uh, the Broncos, seemingly, they have a lot of talent and they got cap space. They don't have all their money wrapped up in just a few guys. They have good cap space room. So I'm not going to say he can't be a good candidate. But San Francisco 49ers was a proud franchise. Uh, they struggled a lot in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mike Singletary era. Harbaugh comes in. They do good. Go to the Super Bowl. Come real close to winning it. He leaves. They fall apart. Yeah, yeah. So remember when all those guys retired? It like simultaneously from the defense. Right, and they really should have brought in an experienced general manager. I do think they are hiring Shanahan. Kind of iffy right now just because Shanahan's preparing for the Super Bowl, so they have to wait. But yeah. NFL franchises don't wait this long unless they're hiring somebody on a Super Bowl team. Yeah. I, so I, I don't think it's the best move. It could work out great, but the Niners are being called the Cleveland Browns of the West now. That's never a good thing. So Hey, at least they have the Rams to play twice a year. They do have the Rams to play twice a year. They, uh, you never know with the Rams, though. I mean, they do beat <laughs> Seattle once every year, so. Yeah, they have to play Seattle and Arizona, and neither of those teams look like they're going. They might have three players on that team that are franchise-type players that need a quarterback. they got to say goodbye to Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, and the Blaine train. You know me. I thought that whenever they got Blaine Gabbert that uh, things were going to all be well and good in San Francisco. They got the blame Correct. train. <laughs> they'll likely keep him on as a backup. He is a career backup type guy. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Some backups have made a lot of money. Blaine's already made a lot of money because he was a high draft pick and going to be the franchise quarterback of the Jaguars. Yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah, I thought they should have gone with someone with experience. I uh, Just from seeing him on TV, uh, Lewis Riddick, that guy, I... I if I had to hire a GM for an NFL team tomorrow, Lewis Riddick would probably be the first call that I would make. That guy knows his stuff. He he was in Baltimore for years, correct? Well, he's in Baltimore, then he definitely comes from a good pedigree. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Ozzie Newsom is a fantastic general manager. Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, Ozzy is great, and you know you want someone with some sort of pedigree. Nothing against John Lynch. Again, I loved watching that guy. But another general manager was hired this weekend, and the Colts going out to hire Chris Ballard, the former Chiefs director of player personnel. Ballard and Andy Reid and Dorsey really turned that team around in a short time, and uh, congratulations to Chris Ballard on getting this job. But it... You know, you got the one thing that every NFL team wants to have. Uh, 
franchise quarterback sitting there and Andrew Luck, uh, but there's a lot of holes to fix there, you know? Their defense looks terrible. The uh, the O-line has been getting Luck killed. The best sign I saw from Indianapolis this year was quit wasting Luck. I thought that was a creative sign. What do you think about this, Lucas? Do you think that uh, Chris Ballard is going to help turn Indianapolis around the same way he did the Chiefs? Well, it would be hard to uh, not do a better job than Ryan Grigson. Uh, he traded first-round pick for Trent Richardson. Yeah, and then uh, he used one of those picks that. on Dorsett, he, uh, another wide receiver. Uh, one thing he was going to have to do is protect Andrew Luck because, quite frankly, Andrew Luck hasn't been that good the last two seasons. And obviously two seasons ago he was injured for – a lot of the year, but uh, that's part of the offensive line. Uh, they got to fix the offensive line. They got to work on the defense, and they need to find in the. They need to find the. Uh, I know we're going to bring it up, but Gano's got to go. Yeah, yeah, that was. That was my next point is uh, Chuck Pagano hasn't been able to get the job done. Him and Grigson were going to a. Uh, or not couples counselor. They were going to a relationship counselor for. Uh, I guess that's how bad their relationship had gotten. So I can't imagine that you just get a new GM, even if he is able to get you better parts on defense and the offensive line. That you know Chuck Pagano is your guy. But if Pagano Here. leaves, there's you know that's an attractive job, right? Correct. And here's the here's the bread and butter of it. Your GM and coach aren't getting along. You're not going to win. Uh, that happened in San Francisco with Balky and Harbaugh. They chose Balky. They should have kept Harbaugh. Yeah. The same thing here in Indianapolis. Grigson is bad, but Pagano, I don't think he's the right coach. He's had his chance. The It was amazing. That he fought cancer. He beat it. He came back. You always love to see that. Um, that that bought him some time in Indianapolis, but you're they're wasting Andrew Luck. Yeah, and I, I think most GMs, especially like Chris Ballard, um, probably wants to bring in his own coach. Yeah, and uh, speaking of bringing in his own coach, I have two names wrote down here: Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh. Do you think either of them would take the job? I don't think Saban will. I think he dabble in the NFL if he wins another national championship. I thought if they beat Clemson, he was going to be done. I think uh, Saban losing is probably going to keep him in college for another year or two. Yeah. Uh, I think Harbaugh 100% takes the job after uh, after next season. I fully expect Pagano, unless the Colts win 11 games in this division, yeah. I fully expect Pagano to be fired. Um, well, And I Michigan lost a lot of talent they're going to be real young next year if they have oh it's going to be a trying year Harbaugh goes to the yeah it's going to be a trying year for Harbaugh and Michigan but let me let me throw this out at you on as far as Nick Saban you know he dabbled in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins before they made the decision to sign Dante Culpepper because they thought Drew Brees was hurt if Drew Brees signs, signed with the Dolphins instead of the Saints, do you think Nick Saban ever coaches a game at Alabama? Because I seriously have my doubts. No, I think I think he would have stayed. Uh, I think uh, 
Saban, he's a he's a football guy. He knows he could probably see the writing on the wall at the time that in the NFL you have to have a quarterback or you're not going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's just the way it is. At it, any given time, there's probably only maybe eight to twelve, maybe. Uh, quarterbacks at any given time in the NFL that is Super Bowl caliber winner. Yeah, and uh, but if he takes this job, he's got one of those quarterbacks that can win a Super Bowl. He does, and if he takes that, if he takes the job in Indianapolis, I fully expect Saban to to bring in a an assistant that uh, is very, you know, very, very that works very well with the quarterback as the offensive coordinator. Um, Saban would control the defense, would make Indy's defense good, and he would probably let, much like he did Lane and Sark, probably let someone else run the offense for the most part. Yeah, yeah, I, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think that uh, Chris Ballard, it, once he uh, figures out the whole Chuck Pagano thing, I think that that's a golden job there because you do have that franchise quarterback. Lucas, I'm going to ask you to stick around for one more segment with us. I started this new thing we're going to do on Mondays. I'm going to tell everybody what I liked, what made me laugh, and now I'm going to do what I didn't like. So what I didn't like was fans went to Twitter after former Mizzou uh, wide receiver commit Jafar Armstrong, and they were just destroying this guy. He had been committed with Mizzou since... August, I believe. I would have to look that up to give you the exact date. So he's been committed with Mizzou for a while, and you know, his as we're getting closer to National Signing Day, more and more teams are getting interest. You know, bigger names. He went to Notre Dame this weekend, and after his trip to Notre Dame, he decommitted from the University of Missouri, and fans just blasted him on Twitter. I, I, I think that's crappy. That's why I said that's one of the things that I didn't like. If you're a grown man and your self-worth is so tied to your football team that you have to attack a 18-year-old kid for where he wants to go play football, then that's just sad to me. I that's that's my one thing I didn't like. What do you think about that, Lucas? And don't say it's I, I just agree. Mizzou fans. I agree with you 100%. Uh, <laughs> you can't. This this kid's still in high school. Yeah. He might be a 40-year-old man. Just Blast them on Twitter, but uh, for the most part, that's what you can hide behind your Twitter screen and say things to people. And sometimes it gets heated, but this kid's still in high school. Oh yeah, could you imagine when we were in high school? If uh, you know, with everything that they have now with Twitter and Facebook, and you were trying to decide which college to go to, and uh, could you just imagine like how big of a choice this kid's having to make about his future? And then on top of just making the choice to leave home, go to another school, you know, try to get himself in the best chance to get drafted, on top of all of that personal stress, he's got these old, weird fan dudes on Twitter coming after him. And it doesn't happen just in Mizzou. It happens with Bama, Auburn. You know Phyllis and Auburn's lighting a recruit up tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's sad, really. It's that's all I have to say about it. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that that's one thing that we need to stop seeing on Twitter. But, Lucas, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll hope to have you on a lot more regular here on the Fumbling Punter, and we will be back with you guys in just a moment. Going on to the Pro Bowl, I was looking at the rules, and they do not allow kickoffs, 
no special defenses, basically no blitzing. Everybody has to play a base 4-3 defense. Uh, and those are rules that probably are good for the players. And as I talked on Friday, I'm all for whatever keeps those guys healthy. Andy Reid was the AFC head coach and Jason Garrett the NFC head coach. Happy to see Big Andy get the uh, nod for the AFC. I have really enjoyed him being the Chiefs head coach. He's really done a lot for Kansas City, and he was great all those years in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb. Uh, I think it's a good event for Orlando, uh, the city of Orlando. The stands were packed, and you couldn't always say that when it was in Hawaii. But I think that the NFL should maybe look at using more non-NFL cities. I think that they forget whenever you know they're looking to go to all these other large markets for teams that a mid-sized market will really get excited for a special event in town. I think that that's why so many people were there in Orlando. I also wrote down Birmingham, Louisville, Austin, San Antonio, now San Diego, and St. Louis as other destinations that they should look at for the Pro Bowl. St. Louis would be good because it's a dome. The other are warm cities, except for possibly Louisville. But I think that these are all cities that could uh, really get excited to to host the Pro Bowl, and I think that's a big thing for the NFL and for the Pro Bowl. If it's somewhere that they get NFL football all week in and week out in the fall, not as many people are going to be as excited. If it's in Hawaii, fans aren't going to travel to Hawaii. It's good for the people of Hawaii to get to host that. But as you see in Orlando, they really get excited to have all of those guys play in their stadium and in front of their fans. So I think that that's something that Roger Goodell and the NFL should look at because the NFL has a little bit of a PR problem with everything that's gone on with the Chargers, the Rams, Deflategate, and getting out to those other markets would be good for them. I hope everybody has a good week. Uh, our show Wednesday will probably be a later one. Uh, glad to have our first guest, Lucas Jones, on today. Uh, he will be a regular on the show. And we are have more guests lined up. It's an exciting time. Hope Hopefully you will subscribe to us if you already haven't on iTunes. You can also listen to the Fumbling Punter podcast on SoundCloud. Search the Fumbling Punter. Follow us on Twitter. At the Fumbling Punter, we have some exciting things uh, getting ready to come up in terms of giveaways, so everybody should be following, retweeting what we're doing. Hopefully you guys enjoy us. If you don't like uh, a section or what we're talking about, let us know. We love, I love feedback. Uh, Lucas would love feedback as well. And So Wednesday we're going to be talking National Signing Day for football. Uh, gonna have hopefully a special guest on talking the next Mizzou head basketball coach and of course Wednesday and Friday we'll both be talking a lot about the Super Bowl Super Bowl 51 between the Patriots and the Falcons this has been the fumbling punter show I'm Devin Keeney thank you for listening